0: This episode of Wheat Pete's Word is brought to you by DeKalb Seed from Bayer, the name you trust. For the 2023 season, there's an incredible 13 new corn hybrids, nine new silage-ready hybrids, and seven new soybean varieties. And welcome to Wheat Pete's Word here on Real Agriculture for Wednesday, November the 30th. On this episode of The Word, neat, neat, neat stuff. Moving from that into the dang, 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 dang me, not again updates. Then the promised fungicides, soybeans, wheat planting dates, lots of things to, to think about there and impacts. And after that, oh, there's just so much cool stuff I'll get to as much as I can. Let's go. First off, the Ontario Ag Conference. Oh my gosh, the confusion. Yes, pretty tough to understand. It is now a hybrid. So the explanation is up on the OntarioAgConference.ca website. You can go there. You can read it. At the end of the day, if you go to Ridgetown, you are not going to run from session to session, building to building, and expect to get eight different sessions to choose from. That's not the way it's set up. The upside is that every session is recorded, including the sessions at Waterloo, the sessions at Kemptville, and so when we add them in, we're up to not 50, but actually 53 sessions. All I can say is, my gosh, get registered. There's just too much good information there to miss. I want to move on and just talking about too much good information to miss. Oh my gosh, Ed Dickinson uh, teaches at Lambton College tweeting out, hey, hey Wheat Pete, used one of your real ag videos, your Wheat School videos I think, or maybe it was a soil scroll, not sure, but, but Wheat Pete in a real ag video at Lambton College and Ed said, wow, can't believe it but the kids actually must have liked it they went back and rewatched it and it was really a great learning experience for them it's just i think that's so awesome margaret may saying wow they use real egg videos all the time at Ridgetown Campus, University of Guelph, and then the discussion kind of even moves further because Will tweets out and says, hey Pete, you know, like we watch all these wheat videos, but man, I'm growing hybrid rye and I can't find any videos on that. And Garrett jumps in and says, not just hybrid rye, but what about rye for forage? And so now, now people are giving us Ideas for the next generation of real ag videos. It's awesome. Keep it up. Keep the suggestions and the information coming. That includes into Wheat Pete's Word. Man, the people on the phone system, you have fallen. I, I, Fallen right off the map, man. I haven't got a voicemail, a phone voicemail system uh, in the system, I think it's since November the 8th or something like that. Uh, anyway, keep keep the messages coming, that's for sure. Hey, on another note, Eddie, just go, you just got to, this is, we're into the dang, but the dang, dang, dang me section here because, oh my gosh, Barry saying, Pete, you know, you talk about cor- uh, field fires. Well, a few years back, we had a neighbor on a really windy day was burning garbage in a barrel and set our corn stalks in, on fire. Now, this is in the spring. And Barry said, we're on heavy clay soil. And it was astounding because where those corn stalks burnt, that soil just turned to cement. And we had significant soybean yield loss and lots of arguments with the insurance company, all of that's sort of expected, but what is really not expected is that, Barry says, the neighbor that lit the corn stalks on fire had the gall to just chew them out because you don't know how to farm. You should have plowed those stalks so I could have burnt my garbage and they wouldn't have been exposed and not, bur- not burned up. And you just go and smack my forehead, like, oh my gosh you gotta be kidding me, but that is just one of those things that we continue to fight, and by the way, on that note, bioseries, so this is, if you look at the U.S. drought monitor, man, drought is such a huge issue in agriculture, and it is in Australia, as so many dry climates, by the way, western Australia, they've Finally, they finally have their year. And by golly, they deserve it because they have had, what, three, four years of drought. They just, they couldn't grow crops. They weren't getting any rainfall at all. Just really tough going. This year, I think if you recall, eastern Australia, they were getting flooded out by so much rain. Well, it looks like western Australia got enough rain that this year they are breaking yield records. They have record-breaking crops from the sounds of it, at least on Twitter, and the bins are just full. They're, they're having trouble finding space to store all that grain, so good for them. You, They deserve it, but drought. So Bioseries had taken this sunflower gene, it's called the HB4 gene, and they put it into wheat, and it's It's a GMO, it's not a wheat gene, it's a sunflower gene, and they use genetic modification to put it into the wheat crop. The beauty of it is that it helps the wheat crop withstand drought. So now, when wheat goes under drought stress, with that gene in it, it will yield 20% more than wheat that doesn't have that gene in it. And I'm not sure exactly what the gene expression is. I do know that sunflowers, they root way more deeply than wheat does. So whether that's part of the impact or it's whatever that process is, at the end of the day, you get 20% more yield under drought and there's no yield drag. There have been some other gene introductions, but they always brought along a yield reduction when there wasn't drought. So now we finally have this. It's been in the works for 20 years, but we we still aren't using it because there's such a a perception around anti-GMO, and as much as we've moved past that in, in a lot of crops and in a lot of areas, wheat is one where we still just fight it, and, and you just shake your head and say, wow. Hey, here's another one that, that, from a perception standpoint, and just a great post on Real Agriculture about Lambda cyhalothrin." So that is is Matador or Silencer. Those are the the products that are out there, and it's it's the often the first insecticide we reach for when we have a problem in the field. Well, they're relooking at that. There's some new restrictions that have come in around feeding crop that was treated with the, the forage of crop that was treated with with those products, and it may limit the availability of those products that we have and you just go man we are under the gun we just have to do a great job and not not misuse any products cuz we're just so much under the gun but We're just going to have to uh, face up, rather, I think, to the fact that we're going to get slowly less and less products available, or hopefully there's some new biologicals coming down the pipe. Hey, here's one more thing before I move on, and it's sort of uh, an alert, alert, alert. We are hearing reports of some higher DAWN levels in the corn crop. They're not through the roof. They're not over five. They're not a disaster. And it's in hot spots, and that's exactly the way DAWN works. And it it was a Twitter discussion, and what's really interesting is in that Twitter feed, the one grower said, you know, it seems like I'm getting higher DAWN levels where my crop yielded more ding 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 yeah absolutely why is that it's because higher yielding crop you probably had more moisture and moisture drives the jib in the corn crop that causes the dawn so yep there are some some high spots there's markets out there that can use them. most of that that the dawn levels there are still kind of in that three to four range as long as you're under five you, you should be able to find somewhere to take that crop but uh, we, we thought we had a low dawn year in general terms across the whole province. We absolutely do. But yeah, there are some hot spots. It's just in both corn and wheat, dawn is such an ever-present problem. We we almost always have to have to fight it and do everything we can to minimize it in those crops. Okay, I want to move on and talk about this whole concept of Fungicides on soybeans and getting wheat planted on time and some great work by Emma Dealman. She's one of Dave Hooker's grad students uh, looking at the impact of wheat planting dates. And yep, not to be, uh, you know, no rocket science here. We've known this for years, but every time she delayed those wheat planting dates past the optimum date. And what's interesting in her data set is that if you planted really early... Maybe a little bit of a yield drag some of the time. Not all the time, but some of the time. So yes, planting ultra early on winter wheat isn't always a good thing, but I will say in Emma's data set, from what I've seen of it at least, man, the yield, or rather the risk of low yield by planting too late is so much greater than the risk of low yield by planting too early. So so that was small, but the whole discussion sort of got kicked off by Paul Herman's pioneer sales rep tweeting out about fungicide treatment on soybeans and some growers saying, man, when I treat my, my soybeans with a fungicide, they just are later to mature and later that I can combine them and now it delays my wheat planting and maybe I'm not going to put fungicide on my soybeans on the acres that I I plan to put into winter wheat. And that's one part of that discussion. It's a really great discussion at the end of the day. Shorten up your soybean maturity a bit, plant those fields as early as you can within reason, you know, 1st of May, get them in the ground, rarely a yield drag as long as the soil is fit, and they will harvest earlier to get that wheat in the ground. But then come along comes along Emma's data, and what Emma has done is looked at, okay, so if wheat planting date is that important, can we actually desiccate those soybeans and plant wheat earlier because we managed to do that and deb campbell adding into the discussion man in the short season areas we have done this forever because we're, we're so tight in terms of that window in emma's data set when she used a desiccant and she went as early as r6.5 now be careful with this because man, you can really get into some significant yield loss on the soybean crop if you go too early, and Emma emailed me and said, I was really careful, I waited for the leaves to start changing color, they weren't dropping, but they were changing color, and the first pods on the bean plant were losing their green color, so right at the front end of R6.5, and when she did that, she could harvest those soybeans between five and nine and and in some cases maybe even 10 and 11 days earlier now again that she also did that at r7 at r7.5 and the later you waited the less advance that you got in terms of harvesting that soybean crop that makes perfect sense but the other thing that i need to add into this discussion if you're going to use a desiccant particularly you know, before physiological maturity on that bean crop, you're really trying to promote harvest, early harvest, wheat planting, the desiccant must, I repeat, absolutely must be a contact desiccant. So in Emma's trials, she only used reglone and aragon. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot use glyphosate, because even if you use glyphosate on Roundup-ready soybeans that you say, well, wait a minute, the glyphosate's going to metabolize that Roundup-ready soybean. No, that's not correct. You will end up with more glyphosate in that soybeans As long as you are still translocating nutrients into the bean... You cannot use Roundup as a desiccant. We just it's a zero tolerance thing. We cannot have glyphosate in soybeans, so you have to just use those contact chemicals if you are going to go before physiological maturity. And that is when you know you open that soybean up and the skin comes away from the from the seed and, and you don't have the hype. Hi, the hilum rather has disconnected from that seed. Okay, I'm gonna move on. I just mentioned quickly here. That uh, the agronomist session, so last Monday's agronomist session on picking hybrids and picking varieties, excellent. One of the things that they really pointed out that I think everybody needs to hear is understand where the data comes from. So if you're looking at an, a farm trial, and farm trials, you like I am, everything should be a farm trial. But in farm trials, make sure if it's a one-rep trial, Man, you can have a 10 bushel yield difference in corn on a one rep trial and it has a 52% chance of being real. Uh, That means you could flip a coin and be just about as good. And I've talked about this before, but unreplicated trials, then you need multiple sites to draw that data from. On the other hand, when you go to the soybean trials, you go to the cereal trials, you go to the corn trials, go corn.net, and, and they're all up. There's so much good information there. But remember, they're replicated. All the hybrids are there together. They're doing their best job to get excellent data out. But it is all planted on the most uniform ground they can find. There's no eroded knolls because as soon as they put it on an eroded knoll, then the stats go all to heck and the data isn't valid. So when you look at that data and you say, well, is, is that is how it's going to react on my field? You have to put in these other kind of things that, that you're looking at. Also, the OCC trials, the corn trials, they are not sprayed with a fungicide. So those are some other things that you just have to look at. The soybean trials, there's so much difference in soybean variety response on loam soils versus clay soils that we actually run trials separately on loam soils versus clay soils. And again, that's one of those factors in terms of looking where that data comes from. You can get more by, by reviewing the agronomist session. It was, it was just excellent. Okay, uh, TJ Klopp tweeting out to me, hey, Peter, great-looking broadcast wheat. And he, he did it for a neighbor, and it's just right now, it's looking excellent and so Dave's saying, will you do a herbicide pass or did you do a herbicide pass on that? And so in that particular case, that's one of the limitations of broadcast seeding that wheat into the soybean stand. But don't forget, you can actually come back back in after the soybeans are harvested with the wheat crop emerged. And you can use Infinity or you can use Pixero or, or Refine. Depends on your weed spectrum, but there are herbicides registered for Application into that situation. The other thing that I will say is there was, again, a little bit of a discussion around wheat that was broadcast, wheat seed broadcast into soybeans, and treated seed showing up in the soybeans at the elevator and there was you know a bit of a discussion well it just happens no it cannot happen and so the timing aspect seemed to be a consistent message that if you're not going to see treated seed in the soybeans or you're going to really make that so that it it just probably is zero risk which is what we need that treated soybean seed needs to be spread really early into the soybean crop basically almost before any leaves drop at all so that you can have time for the wheat to germinate and get its seed into the soil and hang onto the soil so there's just no way that that seed can get into the bin of the combine and I think that is incredibly important hey i got lots of good other good stuff but i'm going to just one last thing i think this is so cool i'm at the 406 agronomy conference in haver montana and one of the speakers I heard was Tim Sepel, Dr. Tim Sepel, He is a weed control specialist here. One of the things they've actually found is that pennycress, pennycress is so uncompetitive that they actually can use it as a cover crop and it doesn't seem to have any real negative impacts on the wheat crop that they grow when they plant it into that pennycress And the pennycress is, you know, doing soil health benefits. Ah, It uses a little bit of water, and water is short here, but but just an. we, We need to identify more species like that that are really uncompetitive that we can use to protect the soil and help with water infiltration and all those other cool things. Hey, look at that. Once again, I'm out of time. That's it. That's all on behalf of the team here at Real Agriculture. This is Wheat Pete with the Word for Wednesday, November the 30th. Keep the questions coming. Get signed up for the Ag Conference, and we will talk to you next week. Bye now. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Wheat Pete's Word podcast. Check out the 2023 lineup of new DeKalb corn hybrids and soybean varieties. Find the one that's best for the unique growing conditions on your farm. DeKalb, a seed for every field, a seed for every season.